0: Healthcare costs for family coverage continue to rise, but what are the trends this year faced by U.S. workers? You're listening to ReachMD, XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Bianca DiGiulio. Ms. DiGiulio is a senior policy analyst for the Healthcare Marketplace Project at the Henry J. Kaiser Family Foundation, and she's based in Washington. The project provides information, research, and analysis about trends in healthcare market and about policy proposals that relate to our changing healthcare system. She's a Principal Analyst on the Employer Health Benefits Survey, and she's also a graduate with a Master's in Health Science and Health Policy from John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, where she graduated in May of 2007. Bianca DiGiulio, welcome to Reach MD XM160, the channel for medical professionals.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: It seems like it happens every year. Yearly premiums for healthcare coverage are on the rise. So, you guys are among the groups that really, really look closely at how this affects people. If you could tell us how family coverage is rising and what U.S. workers are in store for in the coming year.
1: In our 2008 survey, we found that the average family premium reached $12,680, of which workers are paying about a quarter. Family premiums are about 5% higher than they were in 2007, but since 1999, premiums have increased 119%, which far outpaces growth in workers' earnings and inflation, which indicates that both employers and employees are having a more difficult time affording the cost of health insurance.
0: When you think about those numbers, it's really amazing. This always usually works as a shift, it seems like, when people get hit with these high numbers, that the workers end up getting hit a little harder or the employers to deal with it shift more costs. Are we seeing that? And if so, how are we seeing that?
1: We actually did see that this year. Overall, the marketplace has seen growth in large deductibles. That's primarily where we're seeing this shift. The proportion of workers in plants with deductibles of $1,000 or more has increased quite a bit since 2006. In 2006, 10% of workers had a deductible of $1,000 or more, and this increased to 18% of covered workers in 2008. And the increase was even steeper for those workers that are in small firms, increasing from 16% in 2006 to 35%. So a third or over a third of workers in small firms in 2008 have a deductible of $1,000 or more.
0: That's very significant when you think of it. I sort of think to the trend a few years ago when more employers were going to these so-called consumer-directed health plans, which essentially were that high deductible plans. Is the trend because of that, because of the shift by employers to more of these high deductible plans, do you think?
1: We do see an increase in the percentage of workers that are enrolling in consumer-directed plans, but there's also a shift in high deductibles for those workers that do not have plans with savings options. So we're seeing growth in deductibles overall, which does include some growth in the consumer-directed market. We saw for small firms in particular, for workers in small firms, we saw the growth reached 13% in 2008 compared to 8% in 2007. So things are growing in the consumer-directed market as well.
0: And so I'm guessing for the physician listeners out there, they're going to be dealing with more of their patients paying out of pocket, I would assume.
1: Yeah, that is a likely result with higher deductible. It means people are going to have to spend more out of pocket before they're going to have full coverage.
0: And is there a figure that you guys have exactly on what the per pocket expense is annually for folks in the coming year?
1: Well, since we actually survey employers, we don't have sort of a cost that a person might pay for their healthcare services. We have the average cost of their premiums, but we do not know because it depends on their service use and that kind of thing, how much they might have to pay when they actually go to the doctor. We know what the average copayments and costs for visiting the doctors are. And in 2008, as we've seen in previous years, most workers face copayments for physician office visits. And the average copayments are about $19 for a primary care visit and about $26 for a visit with a specialist.
0: How is that compared to a few years ago? I mean, $19 for a primary care visit out of pocket. And then, of course, once again, for our listeners, this would be if you have health insurance, that's what you pay. That doesn't seem like it's a lot, but is that shooting up?
1: This year, we found that about a quarter of covered workers have a $25 or $30 copayment for a visit with a primary care physician, and that number was only 12% in 2004. So, yes, there has been an increase in those higher copayments that workers are having to pay if they go see the
0: doctor. And is this across the board for the copays? Is this in all plans, PPOs, HMOs? Does it vary at all?
1: There is some variability between plans in terms of what sort of cost sharing they may have. Like I said, copayments are the most common for primary care visits. However, high-deductible plans, workers might be more likely to have coinsurance in those types of plans. But for HMOs, PPOs, and POS plans or point-of-service plans, copayments are the
0: most common. I noticed in your survey that if someone did choose a consumer-directed plan, are they still generally lower, less expensive than the other plans out there?
1: Yes, particularly those plans that are offered with a health savings account option. So they are less expensive for both single and family coverage than other types of plans like PPOs
0: or HMOs. And so for people out there who are listening or physicians are looking for advice, I suppose that they could tell their patients that the trade-off there would be a lower premium, but it would tend to be more out-of-pocket costs?
1: Yes, the deductible is going to be quite a bit higher than it would be in a more traditional plan like an HMO or PPO.
0: And I find this interesting in your survey, and you guys do such a good job on pinpointing what's going on out there. Among the firms that were offering these new consumer-directed high-deductible plans, 6 in 10 say the primary reason is cost, and 4 in 10 say that the most successful result has been lower costs. So do they seem satisfied with these new plans?
1: These are sort of their opinions on why they wanted to offer the plan in the first place. We also did ask sort of what their biggest challenge was, and we find that educating and communicating the change in benefit was one of the higher-ranked challenges that they faced. So while they might feel that these plans are going to be helpful in lowering costs or those sorts of things, they also find that since they are complicated plans and trying to explain to workers that they're going to have to pay more out of pocket seems to have been a challenge for them in this past year.
0: Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson. I'm the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune. And joining me today is Bianca De She's a senior policy analyst for the Henry J. Kaiser Family Foundation, and they are experts in the field of healthcare policy and analysis. And we're talking about Yearly health care premiums for family health care coverage are on the rise again in 2008, up 5%, and many more workers are seeing higher deductibles. And if you could, Bianca, you could elaborate a little bit on the small businesses out there. We're in an economic downturn. They're getting hit really hard once again, aren't they?
1: Premiums are actually less expensive for small firms than for large firms for family coverage. But we do see that for workers with family coverage in small firms, they're paying about $1,000 more than a worker in a large firm.
0: And that's annually?
1: That's annually, yes.
0: And how do you differentiate between small and large employers? Because $1,000 a year is quite a bit of money.
1: Our firm size designations are 3 to 199 employees as a small firm, and 200 or more employees as a large firm.
0: Are you still seeing in this survey or others, are these small firms, are they still teetering on whether to even offer coverage? I see nearly half cite high premiums as the most important reason for not offering coverage. How is that working?
1: The very smallest firms, and those are firms with three to nine workers, we only survey firms with three or more employees. About 49% of those firms offer coverage. So if you're a worker in one of those firms, it's not 100% that you're going to get an offer of coverage. Once you go to 10 or more workers, the likelihood that you'll have insurance jumps up to about 95% or more of firms with 50 or more employees are offering coverage.
0: That's very interesting. Moving to the large employers, talking about retiree health benefits, that almost seems like it's a dinosaur for people who have retiree health benefits. And I know physicians and their patients who might be listening are thinking, what in the world are those? But there still are companies out there offering retiree health benefits, but it seems to be dwindling, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah. In 2008, 31% of large firms, so 200 or more workers, offer retiree health benefits. And this is similar to what we found last year, but a significant decrease from 66% in 1988. So there has been a drop-off over the last couple of decades.
0: That's amazing. What kind of benefit plans do these tend to be? Are they supplements to Medicare? Or let's just say if uh, one day I hit 55 and I retire, I could get something like this?
1: We collect information on whether they offer to both pre-retirees, so people that are under 65, and also whether they offer Medicare-age retiree coverage.
0: And I would think that these would tend to be high-deductible plans.
1: We actually don't collect the details of the retiree health plans. We only ask whether it's something that's available to the workers.
0: Your survey has some really interesting data on wellness programs. Tell us a little bit about this. It seems like employers are really starting to move in this direction of wellness programs. What are they offering?
1: Yeah, we found this year that over half of firms are offering a wellness program, and we asked about weight loss programs or gym membership discounts or smoking cessation programs and those kinds of things. We also asked whether those firms that are offering wellness are offering their employees an incentive to participate, and we found that very few employers are offering incentives. The most common was cash or merchandise or gift cards, but only 7% of firms were really offering those kinds of incentives.
0: And also, the risk assessment in your survey says 10% of firms... are offering health benefits. Their employees are getting the option of a health risk assessment. Could you tell us a little bit more about that or what does that entail?
1: Yeah, a health risk assessment would be sort of a questionnaire that would help employees identify potential health risks. So they would include questions on medical history or health status or the individual's lifestyle. And we found that about 10% of firms that offer health benefits are offering a health risk assessment. And this varies quite a bit by whether it's a large firm or a small firm. Again, we actually found that very few firms are offering financial incentives. So we're just sort of interested to see if employers are just going far enough to make these options available or whether they're trying to really encourage people to participate. So, again, we'll have to see whether that's something that picks up a little bit of momentum.
0: Because it seems to me when I've heard about this and maybe physicians are hearing from their patients about whether to even take a health risk assessment, it's usually tied to, hey, get a gift card and then you can fill out this health risk assessment online and so forth. Is that generally how it works?
1: Yes, it usually would be online, but then it would really be sort of targeted towards helping them improve their health and identify where different areas that they might be able to improve their lifestyle or health status.
0: Tell us about the future outlook. It doesn't look like it's going to get any better from the cost front, at least if I'm taking a gander at your survey here.
1: From the cost front, we really see that most firms say that they're likely to increase deductible amounts or increase the amount that workers have to pay for premiums or cost sharing or prescription drugs. But sort of the good news buried in all of this is that very few firms are reporting that they're very likely or somewhat likely to drop coverage. And again, very few firms are saying that they're likely to restrict eligibility in the upcoming year. So those are sort of positive findings, although it will continue to be expensive. We know that people with employer-sponsored coverage, you know, are still going to hopefully have that offer of coverage.
0: Well, with that, it's always good to end on a positive note. I'm Bruce Japsom with the Chicago Tribune, and my guest today has been Bianca DiGiulio, she's the Senior Policy Analyst for the Healthcare Marketplace Project at the Henry J. Kaiser Family Foundation. She has joined us from Washington. We've been talking about the trend of yearly premiums for family coverage rising and how workers will be dealing with that and what doctors will be hearing from their patients as we move forward in this arena of premium increases. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable from ReachMD on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library, including the show, and on-demand podcasts. You can also call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-639-6157. That's 888 639 6157. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.